welcome back to another episode of Crypto Chats. I'm your host, Kenzie Gleason, and this week I have two stories for you instead of just one. I'm excited about this one because every once in a while um, I get requests and I absolutely love it. Um, So if you are sitting there right now thinking, man, I really wish Kenzie would talk about this thing, definitely message me because I will, because I love absolutely love hearing what people want to hear me talk about. Um, And I'm more than happy to do it, even if it's not something I normally would. Um, So this request comes from uh, one of my Instagram followers and listeners, David. Um, Thank you for your request, David. We're going to talk about Mokele and Bembe today, which, you know, what's funny is when David messaged me, he said, I know you don't really usually go outside of North America, which I've started to, to, to do. Um, he said, I know you don't really like <laughs> like river or lake monsters, which I don't really. Um, you guys know where I stand on that. I'm not going to go into it. Um, but I'm happy to talk about the things that you guys want to hear um, because that's that's half of it. You know what I mean? Like without you guys, it's just me talking to myself. So um, again, if you have a request, feel free to bring it to me. I am happy um, to talk about it. So we're going to do Mokele and Bembe and... Emela Nintuka. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I, I looked up a pronunciation video, but it was a British man. Um, and since I do not have a British accent, I do not know if it's going to come across the right way. Um, so Emela Nintuka and Mokele Mbembe. So <clears throat> I chose to do both of these because in my brain, they are very similar. Um, and they're not the same, definitely not, but very similar at least. And, and in my head, they go hand in hand, which I'm going to get into a little bit more as I, um, start, start laying some information on you guys. But for now, um, I'm going to kick it off with Mokele Mbembe. Let's get into it. So in 1909, an autobiography published by a famed big game hunter highlighted a creature that most assumed to be myth a half-elephant, half-dragon-like creature reminiscent of the dinosaurs that once roamed the earth. The tale of Mokele and Bembe, whose name in the Lingala language means the one who stops the flow of rivers, was not a new one to the indigenous people of Cameroon, Congo, and Gabon, and they were quick to share their stories and encounters with European explorers that came to the area. The original depiction of Mokele and Bembe has the creature standing at anywhere from 45 to 75 feet, with its 10-foot-long neck included in that measurement. Its body is said to be a mix between that of a hippopotamus and an elephant, an elephant, an elephant, an elephant, (laughs) round and large with reddish-brown, very smooth skin that can vary to shades of gray depending on the time of year, but there are absolutely no reports of any sort of hair on the creature. It's just smooth-skinned, probably similar to that of, like, a dolphin. Um... The back of the super long neck also features frills in some accounts, more similar to the neck of a male chicken than a lizard, uh, which is important to remember. So when you're visualizing this at home, when you're listening, um, think less of like, like a lizard, like a, like a frilled lizard and more of like a chicken almost, um, just on a pseudo dinosaur creature. Uh, A few reports depict the creature with a large horn on its head, but those reports are few and far between, and it's more likely to me that the horned creature would be the Emelanaduka, another one of the Congo's dinosaur-esque creatures, though sometimes it does get portrayed as a large tooth as well. And I'm very excited because I um, have a bunch of random information about animal bone tooth 
horn structures that I'm excited to, to lay on you guys at some point in this episode. <clears throat> it is important to note, this is really important to note actually, that the generally accepted label of dinosaur-like was only ever applied to Mokele and Bembe once it became a topic of global discussion, and that the indigenous people in this specific area of Africa did not refer to this creature as a modern-day dinosaur ever prior to its worldwide sensation. Um, I am not going to go too far into uh, some of the stuff that surrounds Mokele and Bembe, and one of the reasons why I haven't talked about it before, um, it's linked to some some of the you know Christian religions um, and some of the theories that play into that because I just don't I don't really want to get into it. Um, it's one of those things that I'll go off on a very long and not super productive tangent about. Um, so I just don't want to do it. So I'm gonna just leave it at that. Um, it's just a reminder that Mokele and Bembe was never, um, considered a dinosaur by the people who have been seeing this thing for, you know, hundreds of years until the white people got involved. So anyway, moving on. Mokele and Bembe is a waterbound creature spending most of its time under the water or at the very least with its little toesies in the water, only usually leaving to travel throughout the swamps in search of food. Being in the Congo River Basin, there are obviously a lot of other animals that use the same swampy wooded areas as habitat, but specifically hippopotamuses and Mokele and Bembe are known to be enemies. And Mokele and Bembe has been known uh, to attack and kill hippos when they cross paths, but never eating them. So Mokele and Bembe is a strict vegetarian. Um, Homegirl is a an herbivore. So despite the fact that Mokele and Bembe and hippopotamuses have some serious territorial beef um, and they're willing to kill each other over it, uh, you will never hear a story of Mokele and Bembe eating um, a hippo or a human being because there are some stories of Mokele and Bembe being territorial enough um, to be willing to attack and kill humans. Though, again, there are no reports of it eating any of its kills, which is important to remember because wild animals in general, you it's a thing. It's a thing that we all know about. Um, it's always a possibility that you can get attacked and killed by a wild animal. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to eat you. Um, and that's important to remember in Mokele and Bembe, especially being such a large creature um, that is known to be aggressive towards something like a hippopotamus. <clears throat> What's interesting to me about this specific creature is that there is actually like a pretty in-depth report of its eating habits. Um, so, and like I said, um, Mokele and Bembe is an herbivore. So there's like one specific plant that is known to be the food source for Mokele and Bembe, which is called the Malambo plant. Um, and the Malambo plant, that name, I will say, does um, actually, it's kind of like an umbrella term for a couple different types of the same like species of plant, if that makes sense. Um, there's like a couple different plants that fall under that, but they're all in the same like plant family. Um, but this specific one, the this Malambo plant that we're, we're going to focus on, grows mainly amongst the riverbeds and the woodlands of the Congo River. Um, and it has a large yellow fruit that is said to taste really similar to a mango. Um, it's very like, I actually have seen, I can't remember what the fruit itself is called, but I have seen somebody on TikTok eat this fruit before. Um, and it was really interesting. It, it was like 
like milky almost like almost reminded me of like when you crack open a coconut uh but then the the fruit the flesh of the fruit inside was very like mango or apple like it was very weird uh but it looked delicious and so seems like a pretty good choice for uh and Bembe. Um, so this is the primary food source for Mokele and Bembe, but it's not the only, um, food source for Mokele and Bembe. There are, um, other riverbed, uh, ferns and plants and greenery, um, that have been known, uh, to be a food source for Mokele and Bembe, but the Malambo plant is the number one. So over, um, over the years, there's, yeah, over a lot of years, so the first, like, you know, I think I think the 1909 one was the first ever uh, documented case. Not I don't want to say case because it wasn't really a case, but the first ever like documented um, writing of a story of Mokele and Bembe, uh, and that was you know a hundred something years ago. Um, but that's not the first time Mokele and Bembe has ever been seen. So over you know however many years, there have been 45 different uh, expeditions from various investigators. Um, coming from all over the place, uh, trying to find evidence of Mokele and Bembe. And so far, the best evidence that's ever been found have been tracks. Um, there's been a couple separate instances where there have been footprints or tracks found in the mud that are about one to three feet in diameter um, that are rounded almost. They, these kind of like circular looking um, footprints with three toes three toe-like appendages on top with claw marks. Um, and what's interesting about the toes is that um, it's kind of like, it, they seem really reminiscent to the way a child would draw like a bear paw. Um, so very like, very round um, with only three toes and, and very like small, very stumpy almost. Um, not like super long and the claws don't seem to be... Um, super super intense either uh they're relatively small um especially given like the impressions that they've made on some of these um some of these tracks they're not super deep uh which suggests a shorter claw which is interesting um and i have i found an excerpt from a man who actually led one of these expeditions um, to find Mokele and Bembe in 1913 in Cameroon. Uh, this man's name is Ludwig Freer von Stein zu Loschnitz. So that was not, that was probably not correct, but that's okay. I gave it my best shot. So anyway, this is his excerpt of um, the information that he captured on this expedition. The animal is said to be of a brownish gray color with a smooth skin. It is its size is approximately that of an elephant, at least that of a hippopotamus. It is said to have a long, very flexible neck and only one tooth, but it, a very long one. Some say it is a horn. A few spoke about a long, muscular tail like that of an alligator. Canoes coming near it are said to be doomed. The animal is said to attack the vessels at once and to kill the crews, but without eating the bodies. The creature is said to live in caves that have been washed out by the river in the clay, and of its shores at sharp bends. It is said to climb the shores, even at daytime, in search of food. Its diet is said to be entirely vegetable. This feature disagrees with a possible explanation as a myth. The preferred plant was shown to me. It is a kind of liana, 
with large white blossoms with a milky sap and apple-like fruits. At the Sasambo, I think it's Sasambo, Sambo River, I was shown a path said to have been made by this animal in order to get at its food. The path was fresh and there were plants of the described type nearby, but since there were too many tracks of elephants, hippos, and other large mammals, it was impossible to make out a particular spore with any amount of certainty. So that's really interesting to me, especially when you start talking about um, this spot where he was shown a path that was said to be made by Mokalian Bembe. Because if you remember, um, in the Lingala language, Mokalian Bembe means the one who stops the flow of rivers. Um, that is interesting to me because when you think about um, the way the Congo is, the way a lot of natural waterways are, there are these like river-like structures that kind of jut off from the river. So when you think about it, it's kind of like, it, it just seems interesting to me. I don't, that's not the most relevant thing I could have said right there, but like, that's immediately where my mind goes is like some of these like, you know, smaller waterways that connect to the Congo River. Um, you know, going through that theory that the Mokalian Bembe is powerful enough to stop the flow of a river. Um, it, it kind of makes sense in my brain that Mokalian Bembe could be big and powerful enough to uh, create a new waterway off of the Congo. Anyway, um, I think this excerpt is really, really, really interesting because it's so detailed. And this man got a lot of this information by talking to some of the local tribespeople in this area who have been seeing this creature for a very long time. So all of that is really cool to me. Um, I also just want to mention that the most commonly accepted theory about the existence of Mokele and Bembe right now, um, and right now and like kind of forever, because outside of, you know, the cryptozoology field, it, it, there's, there's different theories. There's different theories than generally what we all talk about, which is the dinosaur theory or, you know, things like that, which I'm not going to get into because you all know how I feel about that. Um, the theory that is commonly accepted outside of the, crypto, the cryptozoology world um, and by zoologists and other, um, you know, researchers and stuff, is that Mokalian Bembe was actually just a misidentified black rhino, which is a species that um, was native to this specific section of Africa, but it was declared extinct in 2011. So that is super interesting to me because that leads into our next creature, a Melanotuka, which is commonly called the elephant killer, and visually is very, very similar to that of a rhino. So going into Amela Natuka, we have, a first of all, I want to say this because I, this is like wholeheartedly how I feel. And this is why I think these creatures go hand in hand. First of all, they're super, super similar. Um, they're both like got a lot of beef with hippopotamuses. Um, Amela Natuka has some beef with, with the elephant, clearly. It's called the elephant killer for a reason. Um, but they have a similar habitat, similar eating habits, and similar similar behaviors kind of in general. But where they differ is they start to, to be different when you we boil down like the appearances and um, a few other things. But the other thing I wanted to bring up is that to me, this is an outside perspective. I don't, I've never been to Africa. I, I do not live in Africa, obviously. Um, to me, it seems just based on my research that the Emil Natuka and uh, Mokalian Bembe are very similar in the way that the Sasquatch and the Dogman are very similar. In the way that they're not really that similar, um, but they kind of are, and 
oftentimes they get, they turn into kind of interchangeable terms, right? So like a lot of times, especially when we have people who aren't um, super diehard cryptozoology fans, you know, you got somebody who is just wandering around the woods, maybe sees a Sasquatch and they go, oh, that's a dog man or vice versa, whatever. Um, you know, if you don't know, it's pretty easy. Even if you do know and it's, you know, it's dark or you don't get a close enough encounter or whatever, it can be pretty easy to mislabel something just based on, you know, what you have for information. And to me, based on my research and what I have learned about these two creatures, it seems very much like that is the case with the Amelanotuka and, uh, Mokele Mbembe. Because they're so similar and like they do differ a lot in appearance, but otherwise like their behavior, their habitat, um, their food source even, um, is so similar that I feel like it would be really easy, um, to see something, maybe not see it well enough. Maybe it's dark. Maybe you just don't know and label it one or the other, but opposite. You know what I mean? So that's my opinion on this is I, I think that they're similar enough that most people wouldn't be able to differentiate between them in a quick sighting. Um, so that's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk and a lot of like theories, I guess, out there that they could just be the same thing. Um, and I think that goes, goes hand in hand with that, that thought process about the Sasquatch and Dogman sightings as well. Um, because there are a lot of theories out there that, you know, this person who thought, who's, you know, so convinced they saw a Sasquatch actually saw a Dogman or maybe that they're the same thing or whatever. So that's how I feel about this. So take that as we go into the Amilanotuka a little bit more because, um, I don't know, just seems interesting to me. So, um, that all being said, Amilanotuka is actually, like I said, really different from Mokele Mbembe appearance-wise. Amilanotuka is said to be around 11 feet tall, which is significantly smaller than Mokele Mbembe. Um, and a similar height to an African bush element, el- element, elephant. Why? I don't know why I can't say the word elephant right now. Uh, but it also has a thick, stocky body that resemb- resembles the build of a rhino. Uh, which should not be shocking because I have said that a couple of times now. Um, its skin is grayish brown and has a very heavy tail and one single horn on its snout. And we're going to circle back to the horn thing in a second. Um, its legs are relatively short and stumpy, um, which I say relatively short because this is a, an 11 foot tall creature. So they can't be super, super short, but they are short in comparison to the body, like the proportions, like proportionally they're, they're pretty short. Um, and stumpy, which uh, is actually pretty helpful for the fact that this creature spends most of its time in the water. Um, but it does not have the classic, like, long, frilled neck that is reported in Mokele and Bembe sightings. So, circling back to the horn, the horn is an interesting detail because it does nobody knows what it's made out of, right? Um, like, how could you at this point? There, we didn't we didn't know what an elephant's tusk was made out of until we and killed one and decided it was a real animal. So, um, so that's not shocking, but because we don't know what it's made out of, uh, there's a couple different options that kind of change, uh, what this creature could be. So first of all, if the horn was made of ivory, like the tusks of an elephant, it would be considered a tooth. Um, and instead of 
instead of a horn, it would be a tooth. Um, and it would be more like a tusk, uh, which is interesting because then it would be considered an elephant. Um, but if the horn was made out of bone, um, the creature would be considered a reptilian instead, which is crazy. That's so nuts. Especially when you think about this description of this creature that's rhino-like. And then, you know, you say, oh, well, if the horn's made out of bone, it's a fucking reptile. Like, that's crazy. That's insane. Anyway, third option we have um, would be keratin, which is what makes up um, hair and fingernails. So it's the same same material as what we have on, like, what our fingernails are made out of, what our hair is made out of. Um, and if that is what this horn is made out of, then that would suggest it would be a rhino because that is what the African rhino's horn is made out of. Um, and it's also, I, I think this is important to mention because because of how close uh, appearance-wise a Milanotuka is to a rhino, um, there is a species of rhino with tusks that are more closely related to um, an elephant's tusk than a standard rhino tusk, but they are native to Asia and they're not found in Africa at all. Um, there's three specifically, three Asian uh, rhino species that um, share that same uh, characteristic of the, the ivory tusk. Um, rather than a keratin horn. Um, and sadly, they are all very close to extinction because we are, what? Terrible. Anyway, moving on. So um, I did, I have said this, Amelonotuka does have a similar habitat to Mokailambembe and it does spend um, the majority of its time in the water of the Congo River. Um, and just like Mokailambembe, it only really goes on land to hunt for food. Um, now, this is another similarity, but it does veer off a little bit. Excuse me. Uh, its main source of food is also the Malambo plant, um, the same uh, fruit-bearing Malambo plant that uh, Mokeliambembe seems to enjoy, along with the other couple of species of plant um, in that same family that Mokeliambembe also eats. But Amelanotuka is not an herbivore. Um, which is interesting because I found a lot of conflicting information on that, but based on its behavior towards the elephants um, and some of the reported sightings of it eating elephant carcasses, I've decided that I do not believe that it is an herbivore because of that. Because obviously if people are seeing this creature, which granted they might just be seeing a rhino, that's fine. And maybe I don't think rhinos are, are herbivores. So um, that, you know, that's always a possibility. But... I do not think that a Milanotuka would be an herbivore based on based on that. Um, you know, I did a bunch of research. I looked into a bunch of sightings and stuff, and I personally just think that that's not a possibility based on some of these sightings. So that is where um, the kind of nickname for a Milanotuka elephant killer comes from in the Lingala language. It means elephant killer because that's its whole bag is like killing elephants left and right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a specific theory. Well, I guess I do have a specific theory about Milanotuka because I think it's a rhino. Um, I think it might just be, maybe it's a black rhino, actually. Um, you know, that species was declared extinct in 2011, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not still out there. Um, especially whereas, you know, we've still got thylacine sightings in, um, in Tasmania. 
so there's a, always a possibility that it could just be um, this species of rhino that we thought was to be extinct. Uh, especially when you start looking at some of the photos of a black elephant, or a black rhino rather, uh, versus the Melanotuka description, it's very, very similar. Especially because a black, a black rhino is not black. They're not black, they're just a dark gray. Um, and a Melanotuka is, you know, it's a, it's a brownish gray, but, you know, given the right light or even like get a really good look at it and also color is subjective. So, um, who really cares? <laughs> anyway, um, that's what I have for you guys this week. This was a little rambly because I did kind of do half of this episode just off the top of my head. Um, because, uh, it's getting to be nice out and my ADHD is kicking in because I want to go sit in the sun all the time and researching is hard. So that's what I have for you guys this week. Um, I want to shout out David again for um, reaching out to me and requesting Mokele and Bembe as a topic because I know I don't really love lake monsters or river monsters or anything like that, but I do enjoy Mokele and Bembe. I think this is a really cool um, creature to talk about, especially where, you know, where it ties in with a Milanotuka and that is also technically a river, uh, monster. So I actually really, I enjoyed this episode a lot. So again, if you guys have anything you would like to hear me talk about, please, please, please shoot me a message. You can message me on the Crypto Chats Instagram, um, at the Crypto Chats podcast, or you can hit me up on my personal Instagram at cryptidbaddie. Um, whatever you do, just know that I am excited. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I don't have any announcements or anything this week. Um, kind of just vibing, just hanging out, just chilling. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I will be back next week with another super rambly, really hard to follow episode. See you then. Bye.